Lord, you call us friends. Help us to understand more about your version of friendship. Amen. Okay, if I say friends to you, what do you think of? Do you think of this? Or this? Tell me what a friend we have in You got it? Do you want it again? No, we'll do it again later. Okay, so, or, or maybe it's something from Shakespeare. Maybe it is The Merchant of Venice, where Antonio offers a pound of flesh if he cannot pay Shylock back, um, Shylock the Jew, because of his friendship with Bassanio, who borrows the money in the first place. The films and books that we read or engage with are absolutely full of stories about friendship. Samwise, Ganji, and Frodo, as Frodo takes the ring back to Mount Doom. Samwise, told by Gandalf to stay close to Frodo. Well, this evening, that we're looking at God's view of friendship, but we're looking at it within the context of Proverbs. Now, uh, I have to say quickly, we're just going to look at Proverbs. We're going to recap as well on what Proverbs is, because it's all a little bit muddly. And I have to confess that as I've been wading through it, I've got more muddled, and hopefully I'm now less muddled now that I try and explain it to you. But very quickly, what is a proverb? Because, you know, I get really confused. Like my granny would say, people in glass houses shouldn't throw bricks, or... um, you know, a friend in need is a friend indeed. Is that a friend indeed or a friend indeed? And, um, you know, do as you would be done by. And, uh, you know, it's very, very confusing, isn't it? Well, what is a proverb? And the proverbs that we're looking at today are the proverbs that are in the book of Proverbs. So these are God's view of good sayings. And they jump about from the sacred to the secular. So the whole book is very unusual. Um, It's part of what we call the wisdom literature in the Bible. So it's alongside the books of Job and Ecclesiastes. And we are looking at, as a church, theme by theme over the summer. There are various ways that you can read the book of Proverbs, but we're looking at by theme. Last week was wisdom. This week is friendship, which is why the the verses that you saw um, read by Claire are actually a mixture of Proverbs right right the way through the book. So uh, quickly on Proverbs, Um, we know it's mostly written by Solomon. He was a very, very wise king in the Old Testament. But it might have been those in his training school, the the elite. Um, Think of Shakespeare. Shakespeare had a team of of young people training to be Shakespeare who would write the sonnets. Uh, Sonnet 19, um, Shall I Compare Thee to a Summer's Day? Was that written by Shakespeare or one of his trainees? Well, we'll never know, will we? Um, But the same with these proverbs. Mostly they were written by Solomon, but... It took 300 years to gather all of the Proverbs. Solomon handed the baton over to King Hezekiah, who then handed it over to Lemuel, who was also called a king. It's slightly confusing, but over 300 years, very wise sayings were gathered, and they formed the book of Proverbs. So it's written by wise people. It's actually all about ethics, There's an awful lot about social justice. 
There's a lot about love and care for the poor. It's not a religious book as such. It's actually more about faith, saying, if you follow this path, it's a better way. If you follow this path, it's a better way and will lead you to God. So let's think maps for a moment. I'm a geographer, so I love a map. So if you want to pull out Google Maps, you can. You can pull out a compass. You might even have a real compass. Um, Or just think direction. We're thinking a direction of travel. And the Proverbs are the signposts which are going to help us go in Jesus' direction. Paul says, to live is Christ, to die is gain. All we want is to be Christ-like, and this is our aim in life. Okay, friends. One more time, just to check you're all awake. Fantastic. Okay. I wonder how do you define a friend? Have you got a few? Have you got a lot of friends? How many friends do you have when you post on Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram? Be Real was encouraged to get us to tell life stories that are real. So you have to film, basically, if you don't know. As soon as the app tells you to, you have to film what you're doing there and then. But even then, when the girls say to me, hey, it's Be Real, because film, and I go, oh, no, 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 I look terrible. (laughs) Let's not do it now. So even that doesn't really work as it should. It's not exactly the idea. Well, I wonder, who have you unfriended? Who have you unfollowed? Who's done the same to you more chillingly? How do we navigate friendship via social media? It is an absolute minefield, especially for teenagers and young adults, and me included. For some, the sense of human interaction is completely lost. It's hard to remember that you're talking to the person that you had coffee with yesterday. Now it's just a picture. And the thoughts are just words. It's even a task, isn't it, to reply to that set of words. For those of you who don't know, I'm also a journalist. And in news, we're constantly worried about the echo chamber. So on social media, you follow the things that you like to read about. And the algorithms pick this up, and they will suggest more of the same. So I was wondering if the same thing happens with our friends. Are we becoming echo chambers for our friendship groups? Are we saying to our friends the things that we want them to hear? Where is the place for honesty? Okay, hold these thoughts. If you want to pick up your Bibles, do page 640, and we're going to look at that list of things that God hates. It's a little bit easier if you've got something in front of you, because to be honest, Proverbs darts about a bit. It jumps from the sacred to the secular, or just pull it up on your phones. We're at Proverbs 6. Uh, Let me read it, 640, but don't worry if you just want to listen. These are six things God hates. This is the message version I'm reading from. And one more he loathes with a passion. Eyes that are arrogant. A tongue that lies. Hands that murder the innocent. A heart that hatches evil plots. Feet that race down a wicked track. A mouth that lies under oath. A troublemaker in the family. 
Okay, let's take these one at a time. We're going to drill down for a minute, and this is all with the help of the great Joyce Meyer. Haughty eyes. Facial expressions can say so much. One unguarded glance can put others down. You know, the unguarded glance, it just says, oh, I know a little bit more than you, but we'll be kind. Well, actually, all that we do as believers is because of God's goodness and grace. Paul in Romans 12 reminds us that we must think of others more highly than ourselves. Not one of us has a reason to be haughty. A lying tongue. Jesus is the truth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. His word is truth, and the truth will set us free. It's all in John's gospel, but what we say sometimes is a little stretched, isn't it? We just might need to protect ourselves. It's not really a lie. Hands that shed innocent blood. Of course, this applies to murder, but also, perhaps, thinking of Sarah Jane's prayers, to anyone who mistreats another person. God hates it when we oppress those who are helpless, widows, orphans, the poor, the ill. Not taking action to help those who need assistance is the same as mistreatment. Maybe there is something that I should be doing Maybe I'm not listening as clearly as I could be. A heart that hatches evil plots. Oh, God hates this. He wants our minds filled with his thoughts, positive thoughts, lovely ways to plan good things for others and to bless them. It's all in Philippians 4. Whatever's noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, let's fix our eyes on them and receive the peace of God that comes alongside it. Feast, feet that race down a wicked track, which means eagerness to cause mischief, create problems or hurt people. God loves the people, but hates the action. Anything I can do in haste is rarely good, isn't it? Feet that hurry. My feet hurry too often. I'm asking God continually to give me an unhurried approach. But yet, ironically, I get so frustrated when God doesn't hurry, doesn't answer my prayers. A mouth that lies under oath. Well, this sixth thing is all about lying. Solomon's already mentioned it in the list. So if it's mentioned twice, that means pay attention, listen up. And it's as if God is making sure that we get the hang of this one. Is this type of lie that gets someone else into trouble? A few years back, I was in court. I'd been in a car crash, which was proven not to be my fault. Yet it was very daunting standing before the magistrate, hand on a Bible, swearing to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Scary. Finally, a troublemaker in the family. Conflict within the family is like a disease, isn't it? A disease that spreads, it eats away at the peace of the group, stirs up trouble little by little. Psalm 133 says, Strife destroys the anointing of the Holy Spirit, but unity brings blessing. Unity brings blessing. Maybe we could widen that to the family of the church. It's the unity that brings blessing. 
So each of these things are things that God hates. They're not directly teaching us about friendship, but they're teaching us about God. They're teaching us about how to use Proverbs as a signpost to come closer to Jesus. It's kind of saying, listen up, okay? Clean up your act. So now we're going to drill down on the verses in friendship because we have very, very wise words on friends. So we're going to jump about a little bit. If you want to follow it, do, or just uh, listen up. So Proverbs 13.20, staying with a message. Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. So become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life falls to pieces. Well, this is the, where the waters get really a bit muddy. Because if it was me interpreting this, I would say, well, God, I don't really see that happening because I see some fools making quite a lot of money. And actually, I could call them crafty entrepreneurs. I'm not exactly sure that their lives are falling to pieces. I'm not sure my life is going to fall to pieces if I hang out with them. Surely, it will all be fine. It's very gray, isn't it? But the signpost that God says, walk with the wise. So again, this question, who are my friends? Who are my friends? Who am I hanging out with? Proverbs 17, 17, the NIV this time. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Slightly different take on the same thing, 18.24. One who has unreliable friends comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Well, experience can back this up. Sometimes it's a family member who will walk with you through the toughest of times. But sometimes it is a friend who can be relied on more than a family member. So when the times get really tough, it's either a family member or a close friend who is going to stand by you. So one question for us this morning that I've been thinking about is that who is it who has stood by each one of us at the toughest times of our life? Who has walked with us day after day, night after night, through the grief, the pain, and the trauma? Can I do that for somebody else? Who are the people I am walking with? Who are the friends I am walking with. Jumping on, chapter 7, 27, 5 and 6. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. We might not like the answer that a trusted friend gives us if they're seeking to give us direction in our life, but, you know, it may well be an honest one back to that echo chamber of social media. What if a friend gives you honest advice? Hopefully it's given very kindly and respectfully. And we should always be very careful in giving advice. But sometimes it just is what we need to do. 
This is only a snapshot of what Proverbs said about friends because Proverbs right the way through is riddled with these amazing verses on friendship. So I'm going to scamper through them because if we want to work out who we should be walking with, who should our friends be, who are the wise, then just listen for a moment. In brief, a friend needs to be trustworthy and able to keep confidences. That's 11.13. They should be truthful 1425, they should be one who offers refreshment, kindness, and guidance, and shows kindness to the needy. They should take care when opening their mouth. So we're putting the picture together, aren't we? Hopefully a godly picture, a picture that is like a guidebook for us, a map, it's a compass. It's God saying, hey, this is a good way to go. Follow my way. Walk towards Jesus. So we've noticed the things that God hates, and we're also putting the picture together as to who we can walk with. So what wisdom can we take today? What wisdom can we take today? How can we draw some of these things together so that we know what to do with this? So I wonder if we could all get a little bit more intentional about friendship. Build wise friendships is what we're told. So thy kingdom come where we're told to pray for five. And if you remember the the bracelets where you tie five knots in and you pray for five friends, just pick a couple of friends, pray for them, be intentional about that friendship. Go out of your way to care for them. Look after the friendship. Be prepared to make sacrifices for these friends. Walk with them day and night and see what happens. See what God does. Samwise promised to stay with Frodo. The hobbit vows to destroy the the ring. There's one point where Samwise says, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. And he picks up Frodo, takes him to safety. Joyce Meyer says, a true friend loves at all times, even in adversity. If you have friends that are only there for you when you're up and cannot be found when you're down, they're not true friends. So let's actively surround ourselves with wise and godly friends. Be the person who is there through the storm, along with God, of course and the one who sticks closer than a brother or sister. I just wonder, is there one person that you could connect with when you leave church tonight, or even before you do? Who's the one person you're going to reach out to who you either need to set something straight with or just extend the hand of friendship? Just one person tonight. And finally, can I commend Jesus to you as the best friend of all. This iconic hymn, what a friend I have in Jesus. Just let it sink in. We have an incredible insight into Jesus' heart and view on friendship through his close friend, John. We know that John was one of the closest friends to Jesus. And John, when he writes saying Jesus' words, and Jesus says this in, in John's gospel, this is my command, love one another the way I loved you. This is the best way to love, 
Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I have named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. Jesus died. He rose again so that we can know him. Do you really know Jesus as your friend? How can you invest in your friendship with Jesus? How can you spend time with him? How can you just hang about with him and get to know him? I sense that for me, the more time I spend with Jesus, the better friend I am to someone else. So to close, use Proverbs as a map. It's a compass. It's wisdom. Believing in faith that God's way is best. Let's intentionally choose friends wisely, knowing that a friendship with Jesus is worth it all. It won't take away the pain. It won't take away the bad stuff. But you get a friend who is going to walk alongside you right the way through to eternity. Amen.